Hi. Hi. Oh, hello. No talking during the intro, Steve. <laughs> How could you disturb the sanctity God, of this intro? Sorry, I was having a good time. Yeah, I know. Sometimes Terrible. we have too good of a time, and then we just have to hop into it, and then some of us are like, wait, I'm not done having yeah. a good time. And But that's why you have to do it, do it with energy and with emphasis. Hello, everyone. I am GM Nathan, and I am here once more with the excellent, powerful, beautiful crew of the Reckless Attack podcast. What is the Reckless Attack podcast, you may ask? Why, we're a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Thank you very much. And we are in the middle of a, a very fun time, but I'm not going to get into the, the nitty, gritty, heavy metal details of that just yet, because I, I would like the players to introduce themselves briefly before I go about systematically destroying their characters. Across the table for me is... Hi everyone, I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, a Dwarven Warlock, and eagle-eared listeners may hear me cursing Nathan's dice tonight, because <laughs> I would like him to roll badly so that I can do things. <laughs> Please, fail your saves. And to my left. Hi everyone, I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, <laughs> and associate frog pals, Mango and Junior, and Checkers and Mango are currently perched on top of the horrible bone-armored giant and are just trying their hardest to, to do something here because Nathan last time rolled a one on his strength save and still succeeded on my save. Yeah, that so was I'm... like the best thing of all time. So as we found out, it doesn't matter if you roll poorly if they're just really strong and beefy. Yeah, and normally, and I said this after the session, that normally I'd be like natural one, rule of cool, whatever. But in the moment, I deemed rule of cool. <laughs> yeah is breaking out of this mm -hmm, unnatural one. Yum. Oh, no. <laughs> it just felt, it felt good. And across the table for me. Hi, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Selv Asterlin, the Dragonborn Monk, who is, I think, a little bit farther away from the mummy than some of the other folks. And that's Steve trying to remember exactly where Selv was <laughs> on the battlefield. And I think he's by some kind of sarcophagus, maybe, with Val? Statistically speaking, Selv is probably by a sarcophagus. Yes. Given the number of sarcophagi. This is true. And across the table from me? Hi, everyone. I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain. And if I say it with confidence, it totally happened, no matter what the audio record says from the previous episode, because I, Sophie, forgot. Val is by the sarcophagus and spiritual weapon is up. <laughs> it's been decided. Uh, yeah. Fucking say something. It's on yeah. the record. I dare right you. Right now in this episode. Right, exactly. We have seen the multiverses unveil before us, and this is the path that we have chosen. <laughs> this uh, is what happens when for we this. take a week off of recording. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and where are we right now? Why are we talking? Why are we so sarcophagus? What? Uh, in mummy? this, in this room? Happened? Mummy? What is, it's, what's going on? Why, that is right, our dear Golden Tree Adventuring Guilders are in a mummy's lair in the heart of a mountain, which also serves as the burial ground for giants. 
And that is where you found Nalgrog the Deathless, a lone mummy head, which had vowed that it would reclaim its former power and would purge this place and re-consecrate it for better things. You guys are in the middle of a contest between Nalgrog, yourselves, and Darthon, and at the center of it is a storm giant named Brynla, who you guys learned was Darthon's former partner presumed dead, who now appears to be possessed, potentially, by this mummy. Last you saw, Brynla, who had been coated in this armor of bone and fighting you all mindlessly, had stopped, and the mummified head of Nalgrog the Deathless had appeared on top of her head as if she was wearing it like a helm or a mask. And at that moment, from the sides of this room, two of the caskets that were on either side slam open. The stones that were covering them just explode off their hinges. And two large shambling skeletons start to emerge and I would like (laughs) I would like and I would like everyone to roll for initiative part two I'm waiting for that NBC whose voice you were practicing Uh, to come up self with an unnatural 20 Taskrin with a 17 Val with a 12 Checkers with a 5 Bummer Good thing I'm safe on the back of this giant, right? It's not like the mummy is going to do like a sweet reverse pile driver and just <laughs> slam onto its own back in the hopes of crushing two frogs. That's ridiculous. Would never, <laughs> would never ever do that. that. Nope. And that is, I think, a valuable thing to discuss as we're kind of re-entering this horrible, decrepit old tomb that you can feel the kind of negative energy kind of coursing through you. Where are adventurers? Well, that's a great question. Darthon, the stone giant, is up front trying to rip bones off of his former partner, right next to Casker and Brightmane, who are both kind of right there in melee, was trying to get things loose, trying to see what was happening. And luckily, they had the help of Checkers, who was on the back of the now mummy. And then Selv and Val have both kind of run up to the sarcophagus that the mummy exited from. On initiative count 20, I will take a layer action, please. Why? That's <laughs> terrible. And as you all hear those final words of, we are not done, everyone, but especially anyone who can cast spells, feels this tightness. And like a fire that you didn't know was burning inside you gets dampened like all of those flames and torches that you saw outside of the mummy's lair. Until initiative count 20 on the next round, any non and undead creature that tries to cast a spell of third level or lower in the lair is racked with pain. The creature can choose another action, but if it tries to cast the spell, it must make a constitution saving throw on a failed save. It takes necrotic damage 
upper level of the spell. So, you are standing next to Val. You have just kind of like, I'm imagining almost like dramatically spun around to see this all happening. And, and you even probably, I think, do you cast spells? That or was you... Actually, that was going to be my question is, do I feel that? Because I use key. Right. And like mechanics wise, I cast the spell. But the question is, do I actually cast a spell? My gut is yes, because it still requires... The components and such? components. We'll yeah. go with yes. Okay. I appreciate your willingness to go by the rules, even if they're not the actual rules. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Selv is somewhat close to Val, who is by the sarcophagus that the main mummy, Nalgrog, came out of. And there was one sarcophagus on each side of the room that had then the lids had come off and basically skeletons had come out of. Correct. And we've got the rest of our company surrounding Nalgrog. Is there anybody currently in between either of the skeletons and Val and myself? Uh, no. So basically the skeletons, if they chose to rush straight at Val, would have a straight shot at Val. They would have to step over some of the various collapsed pews and that sort of stuff, but for creatures this size, they would have no problem getting over. Okay. Do I have enough movement to get towards one of the skeletons and then have some movement to actually get back to be kind of Val's... That I don't think so. Okay. Because we are in a giant... giant. Correct. <laughs> yes. The dimensions of this are scores of feet in other dire- in okay. each direction. Then in that case, what I will do is I will move, do some attacks upon one of the skeletons, and then I will start to move back towards Val. Okay. Does a 17 hit? The 17 hits. So I will kind of summon that little whirlwind around my fist again and punch forward and blast this thing with some air for six points of bludgeoning damage. Ooh, okay. Uh, Is that magical bludgeoning damage? Uh, It does, in fact, count as magical. It's very interesting. That seems to do a decent amount of damage. And then I will also kick my foot out forward and uh, again, another blast of air comes out. 16 to hit. Also hits. Eight points. Ow. Nice. And for my bonus action, I will take up patient defense. Seems good. And you can see this creature, even as you're approaching it, is already kind of reaching out. It has two weapons in each hand that it maybe was buried with, like two ancient pieces of weaponry, one a battle axe and one a morning star. And as you approach, it is like trying already to get at you, like ravenously trying to attack you. And just to confirm, these are giant-sized skeletons. Yes, these are like 15 to 20 feet tall. Okay. Kaskarin Brightmane. Kaskarin is staring down this newly formed or reformed mummy. Yes. And he is first off, going to try and intimidate it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Caspian. <laughs> and so he, he looks up towards this giant covered in bone armor and shouts, you may be at the heart of your power, but this is where you are most vulnerable. We are here to destroy you. If you surrender now, we may still let you live and we can go our separate ways. But if you choose to fight us, we will destroy you. <laughs> Please don't hurt us. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, what would you... And you're rolling an intimidation check. Yes. 
I will roll a an opposed wisdom check. That seems insight into Cascrin. Yeah, exactly. It's wait, is he <laughs> very scared actually? Definitely not bluffing. I got a twenty. Uh that is a fail. Huh. <laughs> uh but also but okay. This is definitely one of those things of as a DM. I allowed it because I was interested in it and I thought there might be something to it, but also like the mummy's not going to run away. Right. Like you could have had rolled a 400 on the dice and be like, yeah, but like the mummy's going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> if I can even maybe get him to just focus on me. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. That works. Catherine okay. is the biggest threat. Yeah. If that's what you'd like. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. I am trying to, to bully him. I, I raise my arms in a T pose and assert dominance. <laughs> okay. Uh, if that's, <laughs> if that's what you want, David, does that take my action? Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it takes at least a bonus action. Okay, that's fair. As an action, I'm going to channel energy into my hammer, and from the ground underneath the mummy, the earth begins to roil and ripple. I'm going to cast a spell at level two, and this is the spell Earth Ripple. Make me a Constitution saving throw, please. That is a eight. Oh man. Take five points of necrotic <laughs> damage. Heck. Can you please have Nalgrog make me a dexterity saving throw? That is a failure. Okay. It's going to take eight points of bludgeoning damage oh, wow. as, as it is pulled into the earth and both of its feet are kind of like subsumed by the rock around it. Its movement speed is zero until either it or another creature takes an action to dig it free. Cool. I'm going to go ahead and take a legendary action. The giant, which again, like you can hear its bone armor is like clattering together with that kind of empty knocking sound. It opens its hand and a bone grows for inside of its hand, almost like an icicle. And you can see that it starts crackling with electricity. Now Grog the Deathless looks down at the tiny, tiny dwarf in front of him. And you can see again, it is just this mummified head. And as this splinter of bone grows, it reaches a hand up to drive it down onto you. And now Grog the Deathless says, No, no, I will take you. You will stay here with me for all eternity. And then slams this thing down on top of you. Terrible. Rolled like shit, though. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. 16 to hit. That is a failure. I have an AC of 17. Uh, Okay. Nice. What a rocky, rocky dwarf. Yeah. Yeah. But you can see there's like this crackle of energy and it's, the bone gets slammed so hard that it drives into the ground and leaves kind of an imprint and also like shatters apart because of how forceful this blow is. Valeska Carter is at the base of a giant sized sarcophagus. Yes, indeed. The sarcophagus is presumably open. Correct. Val would like to start getting into the sarcophagus. (laughs) 
I've played just enough Tears of the Kingdom to have this perfectly visualized that the the way that the lid came off and fell, you can actually just run up the lid that's like kind of cool. on a right. diagonal. That's really what I was hoping for. Yeah. Uh, uh, behold, being a nice DM. Thank you for not making me do climb checks. Mm-hmm. So Val will use her whole movement to get up to the sarcophagus, and I'd like to look around to see if Val can see where, like, the heart of the mummy is. You clamber up, and this is up, like, ten plus feet up. Mm -hmm. And it is actually, you do have to take it at an incline because it is that tall to get up into this thing. And as you're kind of looking over the edge and just kind of standing in this kind of simply adorned sarcophagus, you look down and you see a mummified corpse missing a head. And it is wearing still some like ceremonial garb and a breastplate and a few other kind of small things on top of a robe that it is obviously not wearing at the moment because it is a head. So that is what you see. Okay. Presuming that the heart of this mummy would be magical, Val will search for it using detect magic in the hopes that it helps. Okay, make me a constitution saving throw. <laughs> but I forgot about that. Natural one. Okay. Ooh. Nine points of necrotic damage. Oh. I rolled good that time. <laughs> Does Val find a heart? You can see that there is some sort of like powerful necromantic magic that is kind of at the chest. But you also see that there is some other magic that might indicate that there is a trap of some sort that if you just hopped in would go off. Okay. Um, So then Val actually used her spiritual weapon which as it zips along is presumably a book. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was a giant library stamp maybe. Is that? Was that That the one? That was the, yeah. We're going to go library stamp again. We need bludgeoning damage. It doesn't change the type of damage, but you know, we'll change the type of damage on our hearts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, She'll library stamp the magic trap. Uh, Nothing happens. Okay. Valuable information. Correct. Team, I have found a magic thing. And I need a kaboom. That's all Val says. And everyone looks towards checkers. <laughs> hey, speaking of checkers, I'd like to take another uh, legendary action. Sounds good. Checkers, you're hearing all of this banter. Wow. Mm-hmm. Kaskrin, either so cool, what yeah. a nerd, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever checkers is kind of feeling in that moment, mm-hmm. uh, watching this banter go back and forth. And now what you see is a large hand covered in a bone gauntlet. You see it reach down and go (laughs) to pluck the nuisance frogs Mm -hmm. that are on its back. It is going to make a, I suppose, a a grapple check against you. 19 for acrobatics to try and get out of the way. A 24 athletics to grab you. And then... Kaskrin, you see it reach. Uh-huh. You see this creature again, you know, having failed to hit you, reaches behind with the same hand and then lifts checkers. Oh, no. <laughs> up into the air. 
I was really hoping that it, like me, doesn't have enough mobility to like. <laughs> <be> <laughs> <in the third laughs> <back>. Yeah. <laughs> Brindla must have done a lot of good, like yoga yeah, and kind yeah. of calisthenic stuff. And also, I think in for me, giants always have like weirdly long limbs. Like mm-hmm. on top of how huge they are, all of their arms are even just that little bit longer than a normal humanoid shape. And so it just again reaches back and plucks this frog and has it in its hand. And now <laughs> it's the mummy's turn. Cool. Now, oh, what's it? What is? What does Nalgar want to do with this, though? You Eat know, it. eat it. No, <laughs> <laughs> it. <laughs> Question: Does it have checkers and mango? I decided that grappling two creatures at once felt a little not against the spirit of the game. <laughs> if if the visuals of the game would probably allow for it, so it is just checkers mm-hmm. at this juncture. <laughs> I think I don't, I don't know what Nalgrog's problem is for for a brief moment he was a cool part of the frog stack yeah (laughs) oh boy i think well what i was deciding on was which direction am i going to throw this frog Uh (laughs) yeah and is it more valuable to chuck it across the room Mm -hmm. or to spike it at its feet and then be like, well, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You're still here. And I think it's going to be that one. Just spike me at Kaskrin. <laughs> I think that is indeed what I am doing. I'm going to roll uh, its usual ranged weapon attack against Kaskrin. Mm-hmm. Boo. Okay. And then we'll see what happens at from diffi- there. At disadvantage, because Cast is in melee? Nope. Dang it. It's too tall. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I appreciate I tried. that. Thank you, Steve. 21 to hit. I would like to say no, but also, yeah, the hits. Yeah. <laughs> So I think what's going to happen Terrible. is that you are both going to take, ow, <laughs> 22 points of bludgeoning damage. What? <laughs> what? And you, you, may, you also, unfortunately, I'm sorry to say, make a fun little accordion noise as the frog gets squished <laughs> on top of you. Kaskrin is like trying to catch checkers and we just get both yes. like volleyball spiked. Yeah. yeah. Well, the good news is you probably do catch checkers. <laughs> With my face. With and, your face. Well, and, and what makes it terrible is that there, it, is, it is this slow motion where it goes back, grabs checkers, raises it up. But then when it goes to throw is not in slow motion. It is horrifyingly fast how quickly Checkers gets spiked into the <laughs> dust slash dwarf. The fastball special. No, this is Brynla being like a D1 prof- like college volleyball player in the rec <laughs> league. Now, with my second attack. Mm. Terrible. Mm. You know what? Very kindly. Kaskrin Brightmane volunteered to be the person who this creature attacked the most. So what I'm going to do yep. is do that. Nope. It's an 18 on the die. Wow. For a 27 total. Wow, 12 to hit. Great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that hits. It's a lot of dice. 37 points of bludgeoning damage. Oh, no. As... It just takes a fist and just bashes. Like, its right hand throws checkers on top of you, and with the other hand, just slams down on top of you. How you doing? I think that triggers massive damage rules. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sure you're fine. 
now Grog just slowly raises his fist back up, but Kaskrin does not get back on his feet, and I am unconscious. In okay. one turn, unconscious. Oh. I was almost, I was like a full health. I rolled, I rolled, like Steve saw, I rolled dirty on Dale. <laughs> like, yeah. it was like two, oh. two nines, a seven, and... I think a seven. It was, it was an absurd amount of damage. As you all see, well, actually, as as, yeah. as Checkers really, Checkers and Darthon see the fist kind of raise up, and Checkers, you're kind of like gathering. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Trying to be less concussed mm-hmm. than you once were. You hear, I told you, you are here with me, and I will make sure that you join with me even sooner. And you can see that it opens its mouth and starts just doing this horrible inhale that's a deep breath almost mixed with a shriek sound. But that is the end of its turn. And now it's Darthon's turn. Darthon, help! (laughs) I think Darthon is going to look down, and Checkers, you're the only one who can really see this. Yeah. But this shriek starts coming out, and Darthon looks at the mummy, and then looks down at Kaskrin, and his eyes open wide, as if he realized something very bad is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And so he is holding in one hand, again, his, like, big club, but he reaches kind of underneath his simple tunic and seems to grab something that starts to glow. And then he removes his hand, taking the glow with it, and this huge hand comes down and almost envelops Kaskarin. It's so large. And Kaskarin is bathed in this light. That is a natural one on his constitution saving throw. Ooh. So that's a bummer. Uh, Darthon, ow, takes 14 mm. points of necrotic damage. Holy crap. Uh, but he's he's okay. He's not feeling too bad. But it is casting a heal spell on you, and you heal 48, 4, D, 8, plus 4. But you max... Health. Correct. Yes, because of or my healing. my bond with my patron, I heal the maximum amount of any healing, so that's going to be thirty six points of health. Nice. You heal thirty six points of health. Okay, that's great. <laughs> yeah, and, that's good. And holy and crap! He like lifts his hand up and just looks down and like waiting with bated breath to make sure that you wake up. And Kaspin does the same inhalation. <laughs> <laughs> he looks down and kind of lets out this little breath seeing that you are at least awake again. And you can see that Darthon actually, like, stands over the both of you and almost is, like, in your space, towering over you, going up against this mummy-slash-possessed giant. But that is the end of his turn. Now it is the two skeletons' turns. And these two, again, these are not the kind of horrible menaces that you guys fought earlier in the day. These are true just shambling almost skeletons essentially. They are powerful skeletons. They are large skeletons but they seem to be a lot more of the kind of classic mindless undead type. One steps over to self and is going to make two attacks upon you. 
Remember, I have patient defense going, so that is at disadvantage. And so it shall take two attacks at disadvantage. A 15 to hit. Does not hit. Aha! Nice. Nice. The disadvantage was Mm -hmm. very helpful, I'll say. Oh, rolled even worse. Rolled a natural 20 on one. And rolled a four on the other. So patient defense. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good. good. Would you say it was key? Yeah. (laughs) I would. Because these two huge, like, to the point where, you know, you joked about, like, ah, they really keep an edge, you know, or whatever. But, like, even if they were hunks of log. They're 200 pound. Are uh, are just huge implements of destruction. And it doesn't matter if they have not been kept well because they are hit with such force that, again, part of the ground is dug up as it reaches down once with the battle axe, once with the morning star. The other one, I think, is going to go help its master and is going to start moving towards the central uh, conflict, I suppose. And I think it's actually going to make a couple of swings against Darthon. Ooh, rolled really bad. Only hits on one attack. So again, just like takes one, just almost catches Darthon by surprise because it comes up on him when he's distracted by all the other things that are going on. And Darthon takes 19 points oh, wow. of damage. And you can hear him just like, give this huge bellowing cry as this just big slash of this like probably old rusty thing just kind of grazes down his back, but then managed to get out of the way of the Morning Star. Checkers, end of the round. You've been spiked into the mm-hmm. ground. Mm-hmm. What would you like to do? So let me tell you a story about how the last six seconds of Checker's <laughs> life has gone. <laughs> he started off on top of Mango, and the two of them were on top of Nalgrog, the deathless mm-hmm. bone armor covered giant. Mm-hmm. And we were just like moving around, trying to just keep the giant distracted. And apparently we did too good of a job. <laughs> so the way I'm imagining mm-hmm. this is Nalgrog summoned the giant bone shard and just tried to spike it at Kaskrin and Checkers was right there in yeah. the moment to just like throw a tongue out or like knock it aside just barely for Kaskrin to survive that hit and then Nalgrog's like no we're done with this picks <laughs> up Checkers spikes it at Kaskrin mm-hmm. and I just like go flying right into Kaskrin's rocky armor and land on the ground next to him and as Checkers kind of picks himself back up he's like Wow, this one might be pretty tough, Caspin. Caspin? Hey, hey, Caspin! As he sees Caspin's <laughs> unconscious body next to him, yep. and his eyes just go wide. Oh, no. <laughs> and then Darthon runs over, heals Caspin, brings you up, but the two of us are just underneath a giant bone-covered giant, Darthon, and now this third bone giant who has joined the fray. Mm-hmm. And it is... Rough. <laughs> it is rough. And next to you, you hear, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> but Mango is still yes. up there. So at least we have that one shred of hope. Right. That Mango remains on the back of this creature. So what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I love when any player turns begin with. So what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then a, a like scared, nervous game yeah. is like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Mwah, mwah, mwah. So Delicious. Checkers started this battle just running on fumes. Like I, I don't have any more second level spell slots. I'm basically out of first level spell slots, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> Hell yeah. And what I'm going to do is as an action, I'm going to cast Entangle 
on the giant that's harassing Selv to try and keep it off him so he can go help Val. So I'm going to cast Entangle a whole bunch of seaweed sprouts from the Great. rocky ground and tries to wrap this giant bone skeleton. Strength saving throw, DC 15. An 11 on the die Ugh. for an 18. That succeeds, but the seaweed just kind of dissolves into the slimy mush, making the ground difficult terrain. Awesome. So, like, it grows all of this kelp, but it is just so kind of, like, frenzied and single-minded that it just starts mushing through all of it. Mm-hmm. Mango, go help Val! And Mango's going to jump off of the back <laughs> of Nalgrog and dash towards the sarcophagus where Val is finding this magical trap. To do so, uh-huh. it has to dodge another smashing fist as Nalgrog takes an opportunity attack. 14? That misses. Woo! Nalgrog the Deathless just almost like doesn't even spin around, but just kind of pivots its torso and just slams as it feels this frog jumping off mm-hmm. of him and tries to almost like catch it in midair, but just barely misses. I would like Mango to have a wingsuit. So as Mango jumps off, <laughs> you can glide. <laughs> Glides. Yep. So Mango sprints across this massive giant temple towards Valeska. Does Mango make it there or is he still having to run? What's his movement? 60 with dash. Okay, then he could he could easily dash there, no problem. Okay, and when Mango gets there, he sees inside the same thing as Valeska, um, and he just looks at you, just questioning, just like, you know, ready ready for commands, ready to, to do something. I don't think I, Sophie, can do this. I cannot <laughs> command Mango to get into that sarcophagus. It's up to you. Uh-huh. Mango, pull out my dead body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He, you yeah. will not go into the night, sweet, <laughs> sweet frog boy. With the rest of my movement, I'm going to get behind Caskrid, and we're just going to go back to back against these two giant bone skeletons. Caskrid, I got you. Let's do this. Let's do it, checkers. <laughs> Both of us just picking ourselves off the ground after smashing into each other. Yep. Very good. I believe yeah. in us. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi everyone, David here with The Mineral. We hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you want more of the Reckless Attack crew, come join the community on Discord. The link is in the show notes of the episode and on our website, recklessattack.com. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback series, as well as our new series, Reckless A Snack where we eat snacks and chat about the question of the day. As always, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it too. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the episode. I'm going to take my final legendary action of the round. As this all unfolds, and as as Mango bravely charges off towards the sarcophagus... You hear the mummy let out this horrible kind of... (sighs) And all around you guys, kind of 10 feet emanating out from the mummy, this 
cloud of dust and bone kicks up and it swirls all around. As this bone dust goes up, it starts like getting into your eyes and your noses and your mouth. So for the next round, Checkers, uh-huh. Kaskrin, and Darthon all have disadvantage on attacks for the next round. Top of the round, we got a large frog, Mango, and Valesca Carter over by the sarcophagus near the unheaded? <laughs> unheaded, <laughs> sure. It was, a, it was a willing choice. Yes, an unheaded corpse that maybe has maybe the heart of this mummy inside of it. While Selv is kind of going one-on-one against uh, one of the giant skeletons and gosh darn it, Checkers and Kaskarin <laughs> and Darthon are doing their best yep. right next <laughs> to Nalgrog the Deathless and another one of his undead shambling skeleton servants. On initiative count 20, I'd like to take a layer action. That means you can cast spells freely for this turn and not have to worry about taking damage. You guys feel this kind of weighty negative energy shift just a little bit. It kind of recedes from all of you, but Nalgrog and his two servants seem kind of bolstered by it. Each undead in the lair has advantage on saving throws against effects that turn undead until the start of the next round. Sylvesterlin, you have a shambling giant who is kind of, you know, kind of stomping around in some kelpy mud next to you and just death surrounding you on all sides. What would you like to do? Uh, I would like to wake up. <laughs> okay. This is obviously a bad dream. <laughs> Give me a roll. I, I disbelieve. Um, so... The sarcophagus lid that was kind of off of this sarcophagus that Val had run up, does it look like it is something that Selv, with the help of possibly Val and Mango, would be able to lift and turn in order to, say, crush something that is within the sarcophagus? You can go check, but it seems quite large, and you two are quite small. Yeah, it's probably at least a 20-foot-long stone slab. Yeah. Yeah, slab being the operative phrase. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I am going to clench my fist with the ring of the bear on it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I am going to, as a bonus action, I am going to spend up to three hit dice to regain hit points. Ooh. Cool. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. So that's 16 hit points that I regain. Nice. Pretty good. Oh, man, that is much needed. This is also the first time that I think you have used the ring in this way. So Mm -hmm. can you describe a little bit what this looks like? Specifically, I'm imagining like this slow motion moment. You're kind of, it sounds like turning your back towards this creature, and it is raising up its big battle axe to come and swipe down on you. I basically just, I clench my fist and I just kind of tense up for a moment and this healing energy just pours out of the ring and you selves uh, some of the cuts and bruises that selves has kind of disappears some of the minor ones are gone and uh, he looks a little bit better and there's a slight glow around him that then quickly fades then I am going to turn tail and run okay uh, <laughs> and I'm going to try to get to Val as you run away Selv the giant skeleton near you will take an opportunity attack. Does a 20 hit? It does. 
15 points of slashing damage. Wow. Ah, well, wow. there goes all of the... Well, I, Almost netted, I netted one. Yeah. And then I am going to run up the uh, the stone slab, if I have enough movement, to get up there and get to where Val was. Yeah, you're fast. And then just kind of give Val a quick questioning look. There's a magical heart in there, surrounded by another magical thing, presumably a trap that I would like to be far away from when it is set off, but presumably somebody has to go there to set said thing off, so pull out my dead body when I set this thing off. Wait, what? <sighs> okay, so... We're fighting a mummy. Mummies are weak to fire. And this is a very powerful mummy. So, presumably, we have to destroy its heart with fire. But the heart is protected by magical warding traps. So, I'm going in and presumably also will die in the attempt. Please pull out my burning corpse. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So from the top of the sarcophagus, I am going to light a torch and kind of drop that into the stomach area because I don't want Val to have to crawl in and trigger whatever ward this is. And I'm hoping that the torch will then actually set off whatever trap is down there. As you drop it in, you can see that much like the torchlight throughout this entire mountain, it's diminished. It's still lit. But you drop it in on kind of these old ancient robes, and it doesn't catch quite the way you want it to. Kaskrin Brightmane, it is your turn. How is Darthon looking? Darthon is looking a little ragged. He's still up enough. Like, he is he is doing better than you guys. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he has taken a good amount of damage, but he probably had, just being a large, predisposed to be beefy individual, has a little bit bigger hit point pool to pull from. So he's gotten hit a lot, but is still kind of up and fighting. Okay. Huh. Kaskrin's options are somewhat limited by the fact that he could go down again at any point in time. <laughs> and everyone else is really far away. So he is just gonna, he's just gonna fight Nalgrog. I'm gonna kick him in the shins uh, with my hammer <laughs> doing the kicking. Sick. Uh, this is actually going to be the spell Stone Fist. I'm going to take my hammer and just, like, whirlwind swing this thing around and try to, like, I don't know, destabilize him or something. Absolutely. I mean, and again, it, like, you guys previously were trying to break through this, like, this armor, this yeah. bone stuff all over it. And so, like, this is just an extension of, like, let's just keep ripping yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, just, just see what happens. <laughs> Ah, okay. Um, as I swing this hammer, I already know the angle's going to be a little bit off. Yeah. And so mentally, I flip the coin in my mind and try to re-roll this uh, roll because originally I got a three. Okay, so that is actually a 19 to hit. That hits. Nice. Yay. Okay, so it is going to take... 10 points of damage. Bludgeoning damage? Bludgeoning. 10 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. I'm going to stare angrily at Nalgrog with the angry eyebrows. And that is my turn. I'm going to take a legendary action. (laughs) (laughs) No, wait. No, wait. (laughs) I retract the angry eyebrows. Nalgrog, kind of at all of this, looks around and looks 
at Darthon and just wordlessly brings back a fist and just punches Darthon and does a slam attack on him. And uh, hits. Ooh, dang. And does... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 29 points of damage. Darthon is looking less good now. That is the end of the legendary action. Valeska Carter, you see below you, a fire is kind of slowly kindling just a little bit and is just casting all of these terrible shadows up against the giant corpse that is desiccated in front of you. When Val detected magic, mm-hmm. did she detect abjuration magic, which is a clip of warning? Yes, you did. Okay. Would she know if the heart could still be burned if that glyph is up? Uh, roll me an arcana check. Natural one! Uh, your best guess, is, I mean, you have no idea, is like you don't know the intricacies of what spell this is. Like, mm-hmm. you know it is an abjuration spell. You have a guess of what it might be, but in terms, like, this is a mummy in its lair, and this is its sarcophagus. Like, it's impossible to know, mm-hmm. at, at least at this glance, without looking at it closer, of what possibly it could have done. And so you would just be throwing guesses out. Okay, I, I'm going to go with my plan. I will move my spiritual weapon to the closest mummy. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's the one that was attacking self. Yep. And I will do an attack on that... 20 to hit. Hits. For seven points of damage. Ow. And then as an action, Val will cast the first level spell, Guiding Bolt, at Nalgrog, the butt. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Yep. (laughs) My name's not the butt. (laughs) It's the Deathless. Get it right. The super butt guy. Now Grog the buttless. Yeah. No! <laughs> Fuck, that's a two on the die. That's a, probably a miss. That's a nine. Yep. Then, assuming we are, Salve Mango and I are not near the heart. We're kind of on the slab by, I don't know, maybe like the hips or something like I'm trying to figure out where we are to get closer to the heart yeah and I think you're it's it is not so big that you have to worry too much about distance like you can be wherever next to this body that you would like to be with it like and the edges are so wide that you can walk up and down them with no problems yeah so I think Val will go to like closest to the heart walking on the edge of the sarcophagus and have Mango follow her and give Mango the instruction to come and get her if she goes unconscious. Mango can also go in. I, Sophie, cannot. Uh, (laughs) Not again. I know. I almost just dissolved into tears at the table at the thought of sending poor sweet Mango into this <laughs> into this sarcophagus this. to set off a glyph of warning. I can't. <laughs> Val and Sophie Val are and women Sophie of principle. Cannot. <laughs> Val will wait on the edge 
and hope Selves Control Flame will do it, but we'll be prepared to go in. Okay. Sophie crossed her arms at that moment, <laughs> and I also imagined Val just like looking down and crossing her arm, being like, what do I got to do to this? Val's fucking, like what, sitting God, on the edge. What? Her legs are hanging over, like ready to jump in if she needs to, psyching herself up. That's it. Stupid, bad roll for Guiding Bolt. It's now Grog the Deathless's turn. <laughs> Rise. Next to the sarcophagus, and next to Kaskrin and Checkers, kind of right in this melee. Three bone pillars rise up as if they are congealing from, again, those bone fragments that are under the ground and kind of rise up next to you all, almost like kind of javelins in themselves, and start crackling with electricity and necromantic energy. This laugh continues peeling over you all as, again, it just extends its hands upwards, palms facing the ceiling, and just cackles over whatever it is that it is doing. That's the end of its turn. Don't worry about it. Hmm. I worry. I wouldn't worry about it. It's Darthon's turn. He is not feeling good. He also does not have a lot of spells left. So he is just going to take two desperate wails against Nalgrog the Deathless. And you can see he's definitely starting to flag a little bit. He is big and strong and definitely knows his way around this club and is clearly a powerful spellcaster, but he doesn't have the obvious heart of a warrior, we'll say. You can see now, especially those of you, you kind of see through all the dust and grit in your eyes that there are tears streaming down his face and he just takes his big club and kind of raises it over his head and yells something in giant as he just piteously but forcefully brings it down on the mummy slash his partner. First attack. Five on the die. Oh, no. That's a miss. Roll the 19 to die and then a three on the die. And he's just taking these wild swings and you don't know whether it's because he's also blinded or whether it's because he doesn't want to be doing this, but he misses twice as he just continues coughing and cursing in giant at the fate that has befallen him and his mountain and you all. Now it is the skeleton's turn. First, it is the one that was kind of previously threatening Selv that is still kind of in the muck and quagmire left behind by Checker's uh, entangle spell. Mm-hmm. And is that just difficult terrain? Yes. I think it is going to mindlessly move up to the sarcophagus. Cool. Okay. It kind of breaks free from the last little bits of sludge mm-hmm. and comes barreling straight across the room towards Val and its lost prey, Selvastulin. And Mango's there, too. The second one is going to make two attacks. First attack against Darthon. That is a miss, actually. Just barely. This time, Darthon is ready and is going to do a second attack against Checkers. Yep. Does an 11 hit? It does not, thankfully. Two. Thankfully. Wow. Both of you are able to either dodge out of the way, block it, or otherwise defend yourselves as this huge creature just keeps kind of mindlessly trying to squish anything around it. 
So Checkers just barely managed to get out of the way of that last attack as he is coughing and wheezing from all this bone dust in the air. Mm -hmm. He sees the electric javelins being summoned from the ground. He sees the giant skeleton move towards sarcophagus where Val, Selv, and Mango are perched upon. And he sees them staring into the sarcophagus, seemingly waiting for something. As a bonus action, (laughs) Checkers is going to yell out, Val, I know you won't do it, so I will. Mango, go! No! No, Mango, no! <laughs> Mango looks at you, just big... Oh, I'm so going to start crying. <laughs> big frog eyes, just staring. No. As he looks resolutely at the breastplate inside the sarcophagus and leaps down to try and pull it off of the mummy. First of all, mm-hmm. I'm imagining that if anatomically, and maybe he can, but at least spiritually, Mm -hmm. Mango could give a signature salute. That is what he would be doing in this moment. He's doing with his eyes. I imagine the the tongue comes up in like a... Yes. Like like an actual military military salute. He he licks Val. Oh, Oh. no. (laughs) He licks, gives you a big frog lick on your face. Uh, And then does the action hero thing where he like dives backwards. (laughs) Right, the sarcophagus. Amazing. Remember, li- hey, listeners, <laughs> listeners, it's okay. Yeah. He can be resummoned. This is not, everything is, I'm not going to say fine. It's not it's fine not for words. It's not yeah. fine. Could you have Mango make me a dexterity saving throw, please? Absolutely. 18. That is a success. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. Mango, because he successfully made a dex check, mm-hmm. and you guys all, all are seeing this, and by you guys I mean Val and Selva can both see this, that <laughs> Mango just falls in, plops in very heroically, very dramatically, couldn't possibly know what he's doing, but somehow <laughs> understands the weight of mm-hmm. what he's doing. And this, this glyph goes off and just poof, and you see this huge crackle, this explosion of necromantic energy. And you see Mango is just able to turn his body in time enough to catch the blast in a way that both kind of prevents as much damage as possible, but also prevents the concussive blast of this from knocking him out of the sarcophagus and sending him flying. So instead, he just is flung against the side (laughs) of the wall of the sarcophagus, but like manages to land and stay at least inside the sarcophagus. (laughs) But it's just absolutely smacked against the side of the wall as he makes this acrobatic check. He still takes partial damage. Cool. 154. (laughs) Max damage is 23 points of necrotic damage. Rounded down, it is 11 points of necrotic damage to Mango. Is Mango still alive? Is Mango still alive? (laughs) So you all see as Mango leaps in, the concussive force just blasts everything, causing you to, like, having to avert your eyes. And when you look back inside, after the dust has settled, Mango just army crawling <laughs> towards the sarcophagus, just like, he was bolstered by Darthon's aid, but that that still chunked him for a good bit. Yep. And he's just crawling. <laughs> he's in the, the trenches, and you can just yep. see the mortars raining yes. out of <laughs> right. the distance. Right, yep. And the, the javelins floating overhead as he's trying to get the breastplate and he wraps his tongue around it and just tries to pull it off 
so that Selv and Val can get a clear shot at the heart. It takes a little bit to do, but I'm also going to say that this thing is pretty old and probably not super well strapped. So at minimum, even if you can't like grab it all the way off on a successful roll, what you can do is kind of like pry it up and give like a, still give the better angle. You just can't like rip it all the mm-hmm. way off just because it's a huge giant breastplate that is giant sized. So go for it. Give me a roll. 14 athletics. So Mango kind of like army crawls up yeah. and gets right up kind of underneath, like right at the, the I guess, the waistline of the breastplate, the bottom, yeah. the bottom bit of the <laughs> breastplate and just like gets on all fours, extends his tongue and just like pushes up. And, you know, in like that, that one part in the Spider-Man movie where he's just like pushing up mm-hmm. all the rubble, yeah. that is the, the force <laughs> and sheer will that is being exerted. And he pushes up just a little bit. He's not able to get it off or move it tons, but is able to move it just so that it is now a little bit more open than it would have been and would grant various bonuses to anyone who's looking to do something with that information. Mm -hmm. Top of the order. Kashgren and Checkers still in pitched melee combat with Nalgrog the Deathless as well as one of his undead servants. Several feet away, there is another shambling skeleton kind of charging over towards Val, towards Selv, and towards a very heroic, dizzy Mango who is inside the sarcophagus of Nalgrog the Deathless. And you guys have a nice nice little fire going. Uh, It is, unfortunately, at the moment, very little. But you know, if you are successfully able to light the heart of the mummy on fire... It will not be able to reform. It will be a permanent end to Nalgrog the Deathless. As a layer action, Nalgrog kind of finally pays closer attention to what is happening behind him over at his sarcophagus and says, Get them! Each undead creature in the lair can pinpoint the exact location of each living creature within 120 feet of it until the start of the next round. So no invisibility, no burrowing, nor what. It'll know exactly where you are. That's a, that's a cool ability. Yeah, right? It is cool. Unfortunate. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Self. It is the top of the order. Now Grog the Deathless has repeatedly pounded your allies into the ground multiple times. You are standing over this sarcophagus. There is a small flame lit. There is a mango. There is a val. You have been pointed at saying, get them. What would you like to do? So mango is kind of has grasped the bottom of this breastplate and has lifted it up a little bit. So I can kind of see underneath the breastplate and kind of what's going on in the, let's call it the chest area. Yes. Would you like to give me a perception check? Sure. Actually, now, since you described it in such a way. I would be happy to. And I will give you a small bonus for the mango efforts <laughs> for eating a fucking <laughs> big old necromantic burst. That is a total of 15 on the perception check. So you can actually see mango is like straining and stretching and kind of like digging his little webbed feet in to get better purchase at all times. And you can actually see underneath the breastplate, there's 
no shirt or anything like that. It seems like there is a large scar running all up and down the chest area. Like the heart has been taken out and possibly put somewhere else? Like maybe it's part of becoming a mummy. They took it out, did magic upon it, and, and put, put it, it back, back in. Yep. All right. I'm going to uh, drop down into the sarcophagus and grab the torch that I had dropped in there. Uh, and then I am going to cast Control Flame and use one of the Control Flame abilities, which is you instantly expand the flames five feet in one direction, awesome. provided that wood or other fuel is present in the new location. And I'm hoping that the body and or anything else in there will actually count as fuel. I am very on board with that. And I'm even going to say, like, with Mango lifting up the breastplate, like, if you crouched, you could get physically under the breastplate. And, like, you kind of got to go a little deeper if yeah, you get kind of to the um, chest region. So self will, will, <laughs> will crouch down and just be like, all right, Mango took the brunt. <laughs> I can I can do this. It's just... Um, do it for her. It's, yeah. uh, it's just... Uh, it's like burrowing, just burrow, just burrow. And I'm just going to go in as far as I can and, and reach and then cast the uh, the control flame and expand the flame downward into that sewn area. The cinematic version of this that I'm looking at or that I'm, I'm seeing in my mind's eye is like this pitch darkness and then this flame just almost like dripping down into this like barely lit area that is sewn across and starts dripping onto a desiccated heart that is sitting there. It hasn't gone up yet, but you are now kind of starting to break through into the chest area. I'm going to take another legendary action. There's a Val sitting on top of this mm -hmm. sarcophagus. Now oh, Grog... No, <laughs> Oops! As a reaction, I, I fall. dramatically... I feel the vapors. And ah... <laughs> No, it's gonna it's gonna throw a large uh, bone javelin at you as he's trying. I don't have enough hit points. That'll be fine. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. That'll hit though. Unfortunately, um, how many hit points do you have, Val? Fifteen. Ooh. Uh -oh. I don't have enough hit points to survive this. You might. <gasps> I'm not. I am not fucking kidding you. 14 points of damage. <laughs> I'm not... Val falls. No one... Just, yeah, just dramatically is like... No, Ooh. she gets fucking pinned in the sarcophagus <laughs> with a javelin through her. Hey, Val, it's your turn. Great, but... <laughs> How is Val doing? Val is one hit point. I, I genuinely rolled that. <laughs> well, okay, so... <laughs> she has more movement now because the javelin has... Making her fall into yeah, the sarcophagus. Yeah, she, has, she has moved closer. <laughs> yeah. But as she recovers from her javelin throw, she will see Selv and Mango standing at the edge of the breastplate just take off in a dead sprint. And as she nears where Mango is, we'll just slide right in and start running again as she gets into the ribcage of a giant grab I imagine some of the robes 
that near her cell like started catching on fire and as the fire's dripping down she just grabs with her hands anything that's flaming and brings it with her and as she's running she's going to cast magic missile towards the heart and as she gets towards the heart the magic missiles are not intended to hit it but are intended to stoke the fire and used the wind that whips past to grow the flames and bring oxygen to the fuel and have the flames grow as they near the heart. Self, since you're the one who jumped in, who threw flame about, how would you and Val like to do this? Selv is kind of concentrating forward where the, the fire is, and it's just all around him is this foo, 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 of magic missiles, and the fire kind of just flickers and, and waves and then catches on something. There's a second where all of the air kind of dims the fire a little mm-hmm. bit, and Selv is like, Ugh! and then... Uh, it just kind of flares up. So Val is even with self at this point, and they both see, as self described, the fire flicker dimmer for a second and then ignite once more. And as it does, the mummy's heart catches, and I imagine it starts glowing with this almost like black purple flame as the necrotic magic is starting to be consumed by good old fashioned fire. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you not inside the chest cavity of a giant. Really missing a show. You're really missing (laughs) it. Immediately you know something has changed. Now Grog, who was turning to desperately run towards the sarcophagus, stops in his tracks the two skeletons that were his servants slow down a little bit. There's a moment where just nothing seems to happen. And then you hear this unearthly wail. No, no, no! And all the bones making up the armor of Brynla slash the mummy start to kind of rattle all at the same time and you can hear it making this horrible sound and the mummified head of Nalgrog the Deathless floats off of Brynla's head and all these bones start to just be pulled like a vacuum towards this desiccated head and keeps piling on and piling on until it turns into this huge orb of clattering bones and these wails of no, no, no fill your ears and echo horribly and is louder and louder than it's ever been until all the bones fall. You guys have to like dodge out of the way. Darthon like leans over you guys and kind of puts an arm around the two of you to try and protect you. And all of this bone just clatters all around you. At that exact moment, chunks of rock and stone start to tumble around you as this 
unnatural rumbling starts from the heart of the mountain. It intensifies, things start shaking, sarcophagi start to fall over from the wall and break apart and shatter. And as the passageway you all came through mysteriously reappears from thin air, you realize this place is coming down around you. And that's where we'll end this week's episode, everybody. Yay! Oh, Mummy fights! Hi everyone, I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, a Dwarven Warlock, and eagle-eared listeners may hear me cursing Nathan's dice tonight, because <laughs> I would like him to roll badly so that I can do things. <laughs> Please, fail your saves. And to my left. Hi, I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid. But that, and... would, that would be your right. Hi, I'm Jonathan, and I play <laughs> Checkers, Well, no, it's Druid. important we have to acknowledge it, because we know from listeners mm -hmm. that they have systematically, in their minds, shaped the seating chart of our podcast. <laughs> and so, to not acknowledge that, uh, you know, something had changed. Jonathan just yeah. stole Steve's Yeah, right, <laughs> right. It's like, we can't, we can't do that. I wasn't fast enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, no. It's, you've gone too far. Yeah, right. right. I've claimed Can't this. Can't go back now. Yep. <laughs>